Crime Matters, in collaboration with Slaking Thirst's podcast, presents the Christian mythic narrative, The Deep History of the World. PrimeMatters.com is a groundbreaking project of educational outreach of the University of Mary, awakening the Catholic imaginative vision. Episode 10, The Call of Abraham. In the secret divine councils, something like 4,000 years ago, God determined that the time had come for his direct intervention to restore a fallen humanity. The action took place in the region of the world's oldest and most developed civilizations, in Mesopotamia, Egypt, and the lands between, where humans had already been living in cities for thousands of years. There was a man who dwelt there in the region of Ur, an ancient city near the Euphrates River. He was a kind of sheik or tribal chieftain. His name was Abraham. God's call and Abraham's willing response set in motion the hidden divine plan that would radically alter the fortunes of the world. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse. And by you all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. God's call to Abraham did not involve majestic deeds or startling manifestations of power. He did not dazzle Abraham with his strength or his beauty. Instead, God made extravagant promises to him. He told him that a great nation would come from him. He promised Abraham and his descendants special protection and foretold that the whole human race would benefit greatly from his offspring. It must have been both exhilarating and perplexing for Abraham to receive these promises, and perhaps frightening, since they came at great cost. For he was required to uproot himself, leave his settled life, and go into an uncertain exile. With no guarantees beyond the word of God, he needed to trust, to believe that God was both able and willing to make good on his promises. He needed to put aside present comfort and security in the hope of future goodness. Abraham's need for trust went beyond merely believing that God would take care of him in his exile, for he was already growing old, and his wife Sarah was beyond the age of childbearing. The promise of a multitude of descendants seemed to be incapable of fulfillment. Yet Abraham believed God, and gathering his belongings together, he left his home, taking his wife and all his household with him, and went into exile, eventually settling in Palestine. By doing so, he initiated a pattern of faith, a believing response to God's promises and commands that began to undo the unbelief of Adam and Eve. Our first parents had been unwilling to entrust their future to God. Abraham reversed this sad event, throwing himself in trust 
upon God's goodness and mercy. He thus became the father of all those who believe God's promises and who act on them. In return, God was faithful to Abraham and provided well for him in his exile. He enabled Sarah to miraculously conceive and bear a son, Isaac, the child of the promise. He made further promises to Abraham concerning the land where he was sojourning as an exile, that it would be given to his descendants as their own. Through many difficult trials, God forged in Abraham the kind of faith that would be necessary to undo the wounds of the race. Most noteworthy among those trials, and full of significance for the future, was God's directive to Abraham that he offer his son Isaac in sacrifice. To comply with this command was not only anguishing to human feeling, it meant the destruction of all the promises of future blessing. Isaac was Abraham and Sarah's only son, the one through whom the promised great nation was to come. To obey God in this instance would seem to annul all of Abraham's past obedience. It put the whole of his life, his wandering exile, and his readiness to believe God in jeopardy. Yet still, Abraham trusted. He had come to understand God's faithful nature, and he preferred loyalty to God rather than relying on his own limited understanding. Abraham went with his son Isaac to the place God had indicated and built an altar of sacrifice. Father, said Isaac, here is the fire and the knife for the sacrifice, but where is the lamb for the offering? Abraham answered him, My son, God himself will provide the lamb for the sacrifice. He then bound Isaac and laid him on the altar. But as he was about to offer the sacrifice, God spoke to him and prevented him from doing the deed. Abraham found a ram nearby, caught by the horns in a thicket, and he offered the ram in sacrifice instead of his son. God then confirmed the promises he had made to Abraham when he first called him into exile. Because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you, and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies, and by your descendants shall all the nations of the earth bless themselves, because you have obeyed my voice. An important encounter once took place between Abraham and a mysterious figure named Melchizedek king of Salem. Abraham was returning from a victory over a group of local kings who had captured his nephew Lot. Melchizedek was identified as a priest of God Most High. Melchizedek brought out bread and wine and blessed Abraham, who then gave him a tithe, a tenth part of all his goods. The name Melchizedek means king of justice, and Salem is a word meaning peace. Who was this priest of God, this king of justice and peace, who offered bread and wine along with a blessing, to whom Abraham tithed as to one greater than himself, and thus greater 
than all his descendants? That question would follow the children of Abraham down the long years.